How's it going? I'm Coco. And I'm Mike. And this is Rockin' Vino, the podcast where we talk about music and wine and how the two go so well together. You can find us many places, many more places than you could find us a week ago, it's which is kind of cool. It's growing. It's growing. You can find us at Apple Podcasts. You can find us at Spotify. You can find us at Stitcher. You can find us at TuneIn, uh, featured twice a month at RiffMagazine.com, and at RockinVino.com on Twitter, on Facebook. Please like and subscribe and do all of those things and listen to all the past episodes. and Do it. Again, I, I think I said this on a past episode. If you can't find us now, it's your own fault. <laughs> That's very true. We are we are expanding. Correct. And this week, a field trip. Yes, all the way over um, to the other valley, to Napa Valley. Yes. And we talked to uh, to Dave Graham, the guy that essentially kind of saved Bottle Rock from the brink of never happening again. It It's a crazy story, almost a crazier story than I realized it was. Mm-hmm. Um, for those that don't know Dave Graham, uh, one of the, the minds behind Bottle Rock that came in. And he's the CEO of Latitude 38 Entertainment, correct? correct? Yeah. Yes, and one mm-hmm. of the par- partners with Bottle Rock Presents, who now present shows all over Napa and obviously handle the festival. Uh, they were one of the groups that came in after the first year of Bottle Rock and basically saved it. Yeah, so if if you guys don't know, so Bottle Rock was this awesome festival that was brought up by this guy um, who just kind of wanted to throw a festival and brought on all these people to join in on the fun and make this awesome festival in Napa. It was really well received. Mm-hmm. Lots of people came out and supported it, um, except there was a lot of vendors that did mm-hmm. not get paid and a lot of people that worked the event that didn't get paid. So essentially, they were in major debt. And uh, David Graham, Dave Graham came in with his partners to... To save it and to, to continue the continue the festival. Yeah, so I won't I won't steal his thunder, but it, yeah, going from year one to year two, they had basically four months wow. to do a festival, <laughs> never doing one before, and and he'll he'll explain how that how that went together. But I, obviously, they've brought it back to life, and it's been such a huge huge festival now in in Napa, and, and now they're expanding. So now right. we have the Sonoma Harvest Festival that's coming up. Uh, this weekend. Right. Coming yeah. up this weekend at BR Cone, the first time in three years. That they're having music. Yeah. So BR Cone used to be owned by um, by Bruce Cone. He was the managers of the du- manager of the Doobie Brothers. And uh, he sold that winery. And um, they hadn't had music there in three years. Right. That, so, I didn't realize. Bringing in, it back. In looking around at this, I didn't realize that the Fall Music Festival went back to the 80s. The... The, the original Fall Music Festival oh, at Beer Cone. yeah. Totally. 1984, I mm-hmm. think, it went back to. So it was a big deal that that festival did not exist anymore. Right. Was, I know. But they have that whole amphitheater there mm-hmm. and all, everything. So it's definitely made for music. So it's awesome that they're bringing it back. One of my favorite notes that I don't think actually made the interview, I think he said it after, is the stage setup. Mm-hmm. I, I am fairly certain he said that in between the audience and the stage is a creek. It's very... I don't know if there's a creek, but it's very, very steep, the hill that you watch. So, so I mean, think about this. You're mixing wine and a steep hill and music. It's, uh, it's bound to get interesting. And I've gone to quite a few shows there and, and back in the day. And yeah, you, you, got it. you, you end up crawling. Yes. <laughs> but it's always a good time. So if you don't know. Uh, it's a, a two-day festival at BR Cone, single stage. And there's not, not a uh, um, not a multiple stage 
craziness this year. Uh, Avid Brothers, Lake Street Dive, Shovels and Rope, Head in the Heart, Rodrigo y Gabriela, ZZ Ward, and others. Yeah, one of my favorite, my local favorites, Royal Jelly Jive, is opening up yes. the um, the festival on Saturday the 22nd. Yes. I, I think it's cool that the, the idea with this one is, I, I called it like the anti-festival. That mm. It's the music festival without all the crowds and fighting through everything. So it's it's the experience for people who don't like to be in the Having middle of 60,000. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or just be in the middle of 60,000 people. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but this event is awesome. It sold out. So clearly the demand for music and in wine country with wine is in demand. So uh, so should we hear from, from Dave? Let's take a trip over to Napa Valley. Let's do it. To the secret conference room deep in the bowels of the Bottle Rock offices. <laughs> well, first off, thanks for doing it. Thanks for sitting down. Oh, my pleasure. I mean, first, probably want to start off with kind of the most imminent event coming up, it's the, the Sonoma, Harvick, Har- Sonoma Harvest Music Festival coming up at BR Cone Winery. Yes. Uh, another big lineup with some you know, Bottle Rock favorites of, uh, of past years. Uh, wh- what can people expect in general from this festival experience? Well, I think that... Um it's, it's going to be very unique um, for a couple of reasons. One is that you've got incredible musicians that um, are paired kind of with this Sonoma, Sonoma Valley um, hospitality, this laid back atmosphere that exists there. Um, the incredible wines that are there, the farm inspired food that is there. We wanted to make this festival um, or have it represent everything that is unique about Sonoma Valley um, and wine country um, and nothing else. So you won't see any Napa wineries, you won't see any Napa restaurants. This is Sonoma. Um, so in that aspect, it'll be very, very, or from that perspective, it'll be very um, unique. Um, again, it's, it's going to be very intimate. Um, I would say you're looking at roughly, you know, one twelfth the size of Bottle Rock. Mm-hmm. Um, you're actually, instead of perhaps being on a fairground, um, you're set right smack dab in the vineyards. Um, and uh, if you're looking at or listening to a band and uh, perform, you're behind that band is some of the most beautiful um, rolling hills and uh, vineyards that you can find anywhere in the world. Um, and you're doing all of this from a winery to boot. So it, it's, it's very unique. And then to be able to bring bands into the mix to play there, like the Avid Brothers, like Head in the Heart, like Rodrigo and Gabriela, um, it, um, it makes it that much more special. Right. Now, I, I like the way it's sort of presented on the website as a, kind of a festival atmosphere for people who don't necessarily like the... the huge festival crowds that we see so often these days. Was that the goal in organizing it to almost make it kind of the anti-festival festival? <laughs> well, yes, because we, we, have, we have done, um, I think, um, a good job in terms of speaking into the listening of a, of a demographic that loves live music. Um, and this is through Bottle Rock, of course. Loves live music, but not necessarily crowds. And so if you not to talk about Bottle Rock, but at, at, at Bottle Rock, you've got four different levels of VIP um, that offer our festival attendees with those ticket types um, the ability to not be in crowds. 
um, and we saw that demand um, for that kind of experience was um, has been increasing year over year incredibly. And so why not tap into that same customer base um, but make the event even smaller mm-hmm. um, and see if, it'll, see if it'll work both right. uh, from an experience standpoint and financially. So Nice. Now... Be Our Cone Fall Music Festival it was such a beloved event every year for such a long time, and it was discontinued a few years back. Uh-huh. Uh, how did the conversation start with the winery to get live music back out there in, in this kind of a setting? Yeah, well, um, the winery um, reached out to us and uh, had said, look, we don't know how to do festivals. We don't want to do festivals, but we want to do a festival. Um, we don't want to do our own festival. We want to do a festival. Um, but at the same time, it, it, it has to be produced in a way that is in line with the expectations that people have coming to be our cone, the, the expectations that they have going to Sonoma Valley for a food and wine experience. And um, and then, of course, how to pair that with, with, with music. And they don't do that. And um, they were aware of what we do at Bottle Rock and uh, wanted to see if we were interested in... Uh, and doing it there um, as a partner, and uh, it we 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 look at a lot of opportunities um, to do festivals, um, pretty much on a almost a weekly basis. Um, there's an opportunity that pops up, and uh, this is our second festival, so that should tell you that, that there was something special um, about BR Cone and this to this partnership, and uh, so. We jumped in. Um, what their expectations were um, across the board, very much in line with our, uh, with what was important to us. And they also wanted to um, broaden their demographic, um, and that's something that we do, at least at Bottle Rock, is um, catered to uh, kind of a, you know, a, a, an eighteen-year-old to seventy-five-year-old crowd, and you know. Nine-year-olds are welcome too, uh, so uh, so that's uh, and, and that's where they wanted to tap into a little bit of our our background and being able to attract and provide an experience to a, a, a larger base, larger demographic. Nice. Base. And I think I mean, you saw the demand for it right away. I think when it went yeah. on sale, I, it, it went on sale. Yeah, I was going to say out. it was within within yeah. an hour, yeah, within yeah, a few yeah. hours. Yeah, I think it was, it was completely it was, sold yeah, out. Yeah. So that that's just it. We were you know pleasantly surprised. We didn't know uh, what people would expect. Um, we didn't know if if um, the music selection would speak into the listening. We we, we didn't know. And mm-hmm. Obviously, it it did. <laughs> nice. Now, as I mentioned before, the lineup has some bottle rock favorites from the past that we've seen, along with uh, some new acts. Uh, is there anyone you in particular are excited to see or during the weekend? Uh, yeah, it, it, it's a, you know at Bottle Rock we don't really um, no it's not we don't really we never book a lineup that we um, love we have to book a lineup that is in line with our customer and our customer expectations. This happens to be um, if you were to ask me like hey why don't you build one of your favorite lineups like this is <laughs> <laughs> this is it uh, so there's not one mm-hmm. um, but. One particular band, or that, that I like more than the other, I, I will say, um, and just to, to be guilty of calling one out, um, Rodrigo E. Gabriela. That is about as I got goosebumps talking about <laughs> feeling right now. That is one of the most unique experiences that that people 
can have as it relates to a live music performance. Um, Avid Brothers are gonna bring down the house, head and the heart, don't get me wrong. Um, you know, Lake Street Dive, I mean, wait, her voice is, is just incredible, but um, the acoustic pairing, um, guitar pairing that you will see with Rodrigo and Gabriela, it's, yeah, I've, I've heard, I've never seen them live, but I've heard the same it's, thing. It's amazing. It's just, it's this experience that you can only... Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. That'll be great. Uh, now, food and wine has been such an integral part of the festival experience for all of the, the Bottle Rock Presents events. Uh, and you mentioned a little bit of, of it before. Um, how is it going to play into Sonoma Harvest Festival? Similar to the, in the way you see for Bottle Rock, or be different for how? How is that? Yeah, you, well, you'll have fewer restaurants, right. um, but again, you'll have um, uh, all of them um, being from the uh, the Sonoma area, mm -hmm. um, and that goes for brew as well. So perhaps instead of having um, mustard's grill like we do at uh, Bottle Rock, you'll have grill on the fig. Um, you know, and, and I wouldn't say instead of, but you'll also have Lagunitas and, and other microbrews that and and and, uh, and offerings that that are specific to and all about um, the Sonoma Valley. Now, I believe this is your first venture into Sonoma County for for live music, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, do you see yourself doing more in that area, moving kind of, sort of pushing the borders and doing more in Sonoma County, or just more of a one-off? Festival kind well, of thing. Well, it's, it's actually our second because um, after recent fires, um, we did a fundraiser concert with Counting Crows and Brett Dennett right. um, at Sonoma State um, at the Green Music Center. So um, that's having said that, um, we don't know. Um, you know, we're not um, aggressively out there looking to do new things. Um, we um, we have our hands full with with Bottle Rock with a lot of the Bottle Rock presents shows that we're doing, um, whether they be the PGA, whether they be the, the Mandavi concert series, whether they be some of our um, hard ticket shows that we do, and when when something um, feels right, we know when it feels right and. Um, we look at it, and when it doesn't, which quite often it doesn't feel right, um, we don't. And so, BR Cone and the Sonoma Harvest Music Festival, that whole idea felt right, um, and we jumped on it. Nice. So, we're more zen about this than you would think. <laughs> exactly. we're, we're not out there just looking for more opportunities and more opportunities. It's, right. it's really, yeah, again, more zen. Yeah. yeah. Now, for you specifically, um, in 2013, you came in with uh, Latitude 38 uh, yeah. after the first year of Bottle Rock was a big success, but may have stretched itself then in terms of what they were uh, what they were aiming for. <clears throat> when you came in on that first festival, had, had you had experience putting together an event like that in the past, or was that a, a first-time thing for you? Oh, it, it was a first-time thing um, by far in terms of um, putting something together at that scale. Um, that is event or was event related. Um, we were, um, you know, very experienced with the uh, with with starting businesses. Mm -hmm. My my two partners and I. It's just kind of our background. It's yeah. what we've done. Um, and this was 
definitely um, a venture in starting in terms of starting a new venture. Um, so we did come with that kind of expertise, expertise that experience. But um, in terms of doing a, a live entertainment kind of event at this scale, not even close. It was it was tough. Yeah, it was really tough. Now, I mean, early on, were there any time when you think we're, this is so huge, we're never going to get this together in time? We had to get a lineup. I mean, what, any of those kind of questions when you first jumped into it? Uh, every day, <laughs> without a doubt. I mean, what what ended up happening was um, we had so Bottle Rock. Um, many people won't know, but it um, it's it's a sixteen month. Um, full-time planning uh, session. You're in our office here. We have 20 people here. We're in the secret room. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it, it, it's, we didn't think it would take 16 months either, so it might come as a surprise to your um, listening audience that it actually does take that um, much time in planning and that it's uh, more than full-time. And so imagine, and that's, that's having, you know, going into our sixth year, and it still takes us that much time. So imagine coming into the Bottle Rock opportunity in, in January of 2014 with a May festival um, with no experience <laughs> putting on such a festival with a brand that was so damaged um, that it almost was not overcomable mm-hmm. um, and uh, no vendors that wanted to, to work with you, no sponsors that wanted to partner with you, right. and no bands that wanted to play your festival. So. Um, it, um, everyone that told us we were crazy for trying this was absolutely right, um, <laughs> without a doubt. And, um, but we, we pulled it off, um, and, uh, didn't do all of the things that we wanted to do, but at the end of as far as the festival is concerned, the experience that we wanted to provide, the bands that we wanted to book, et cetera, et cetera. But we pulled it off. Um, it was a safe experience. It was a good experience. Um, uh, and it was uh, clean. <laughs> People really <laughs> talked about how clean the, the event was and, and the venue itself. Nice. So um, so we re-kind of, we, we, once we got through that first year, then um, we, we had a whole year to plan, and the spread from 2014 in terms of experience to 2015 was massive, and then the spread from 2015 to 2016 was as great or greater, as big or bigger. Right. Uh, but yeah, this was it was a scary, scary ride from January of 2014 until um, May. Of uh, call it June of 2015, mm-hmm. after we finished our second festival, it wasn't until that point that we realized we really have a business here, yeah. an opportunity here. Um, that you know, all of those seven day a week, you know, days and those 12, 14 hour nights, um, um, it wasn't all in vain, right? And uh, so we started to sleep a little bit better um, <laughs> after the, the 2015 festival and uh, started to be able to really do some things that we wanted to do. Nice. Now, I mean, in the years that's followed, I mean, the festival, I mean, Bottle Rock itself has grown into one of just the preeminent festivals in the country. 
uh, how have you seen the growth? I mean, what do you think of the growth growth since then? Not only for the festival, but sort of how it's trickled down to live music for this region in general. I mean, some of the acts it's brought out. You know, how it's, how has it changed for you guys over that time? Well, um, I'm not sure if I'm going to answer your question. I, I, maybe I didn't hear it right, but I'll, I'll give you some thoughts that <laughs> I, I think might. Um, I, I think that it. Well, first of all, it's been um, <clears throat> overall a great experience mm-hmm. and. Part of what has made it uh, such a rewarding experience is that Jason and Justin and myself are from Napa. (laughs) And so um, to see the community um, be so strongly behind it, um, or even better said, proud to associate the Bottle Rock brand with the Napa Valley, uh, that means a lot to us. Um, that we um, can continually strive, um, which is a great, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a goal that's not achievable, but to have a goal that is not achievable but fun, <laughs> and that what I'm getting at is that goal really is, is delivering on you know, the brand promise of wine country, um, the Napa Valley, to be more specific, um, is is a huge endeavor and a, a good challenge and a fun challenge, right? Um, and again, you can never like get there, which is great. And so every year, year over year, the fun of um, figuring out how to create a better wine program, a better food program, a better uh, lineup to pair with those that are coming for the amazing food and wine, and um, just coming up with crazy new ideas, adding, adding a spa, you know, like we did uh, a couple of years ago. And, and, and you see people going to a spa, the next thing you know, they're getting a massage and the next person over is getting an IV, you know, the B12 shot, you know, like, like uh, you know, working on a hangover from the night before. It's, it's you know, who would have thought, right? And uh, that kind of stuff. Or, you know, we didn't know if a silent disco, you know, where you put headsets on and uh, instead of listening to the music, um, uh, you listen to it through a headset and, and uh, like, would that work? Right. And the next thing you know, you've got 5,000 headsets <laughs> and, and, and zero sound. Exactly. And people dancing and, you know, people walking by, the people that are dancing and... It, what, it's one no of the sound. best yeah. people watching experiences at the festival. Oh, it is. <laughs> or like, the, you know, doing the, the, the culinary stage now for us, uh, the Williams-Sonoma culinary stage has blown up. Um, it is, uh, you know, to see, to pair chefs, um, with, with rock stars and celebs to, to really have some, to go through some fun programming, um, is, is incredible. Like, uh, we had, uh, last year, some, like putting Snoop Dogg on the stage, with Michael Voltaggio and Warren G to, to create the largest, <laughs> the Guinness Book of World Record largest gin and juice, right. um, is, 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 is just, you know, and I, it, it's, it's fun, right. Um, to get Jose Andres up there, um, cooking and while having the bassist for Metallica, the bassist for Green Day and the bassist for Dave Matthews band, all playing <laughs> pizza paddles that have been converted into bass guitars right. live um, while Jose Andres, you know, uh, cuts a, uh, you know, a jamón serrano. It's like, um, 
it, it, it's that kind of pairing that, that, uh, or pairings that, that we enjoy doing and like, what are we going to think of next? And being able to like, know that we have to figure out something like that. I mean, granted, we're not solving world hunger and I wish that we were, um, but it, it is, there is some reward that, that we personally get out of creating these crazy things out of nothing. And, and so, uh, so it's been fun. Nice. Now, with so many festivals, I mean, not only around the country, but around the world, <clears throat> how competitive a landscape is it for you guys as, you know, trying to organize these and reach out to artists? Yeah. Uh, how is that, what's that experience like for you guys each year, going, whether it's Bottle Rock or Sonoma Harvest Music Festival, filling out these lineups, getting artists to come play? It, it has yeah. to be an intense process. Yeah, and the competition amongst festivals for us isn't... Um, isn't our main source of competition. Um, Coachella does what it does and it's an amazing experience and it, it, it speaks into the listening of a younger demographic. It's a rite of passage, um, for, for younger, for a younger audience. Um, and they raise the bar of a year. It's, it's incredible. Um, outside lands, um, which is, you know, a festival that's in the, in the Bay area, which is massive. Um, also um, has its own thing, um, its own customer, much younger customer. So we don't, um, I, don't I can't say we never compete with, mm -hmm. with um, either of these festivals. Sometimes it, it, at the headliner level you do. Mm -hmm. um, but um, what we're really in competition with is the Bay Area music scene. Um, so, uh, you know, when you see... Um, you know, making this up, but you see U2 playing in, in uh, February of a given year gotcha. at, at doing a stadium play, mm -hmm. um, well, you're probably not going to see that, you know, band at, at Bottle Rock. And, and so if you think about all of the shows that go on um, on a weekly, daily basis throughout the year, whether it's at SAP Arena, Oracle, Levi Stadium, AT&T, um, uh, even going over into Sacramento at Golden One, um, that's the competition. Um, even if, yeah, that's the competition. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's what, and so since the Bay Area loves music so much, there's a lot of, uh, there are a lot of opportunities and right. venues to, to play at. And so we're, we're competing with that. Gotcha. Yeah. Cause there's always going to be a Bay Area show on the schedule, regardless oh, of who it is. Oh, <laughs> on the band front, that's where our competition is. Nice. I, I assume it makes it a little easier given this, given the setting to say, hey, come to Napa Wine Country, one of the most beautiful places yeah, in the world. I would say um, that, but also um, given um, the, the popularity of the festival, um, combined with um, how oh, the brand of the festival, which is just in, in, the, in the music industry, is really, really, really strong, combined with um, how we treat the artists when they're here. Um, you know, a manager typically, um, or a lot of managers for bands don't necessarily have one band that they manage. Agents don't just have one band that they represent. And so word travels fast about how those artists are treated at, at Bottle Rock. And every, or every manager, every agent is going to want to take care of their band and make sure their band is happy with the, the decisions that, that the agent and that the manager um, recommended. 
And so when they come to Bottle Rock, they're not only going to receive world-class production, i.e. stage, lighting, sound, all that, but then they're also going to get a taste of uh, what it is the consumers are getting a taste of. Because back of house, we have... Um, we provide their, their food from local restaurants, from like a notary um, here in town. Um, that's what they're eating. They're eating a, a grilled porchetta that's being made there or paella, um, uh, you know, made locally. Um, or um, the, um, the wines that they're, that they're drinking um, are, you know, from local wineries. And um, so it's, yeah. Now... The festival experience for you, once the fest, so Sonoma Harvest Festival, uh, 20, 22nd, 23rd? It's on, yeah. So, right. 23rd, yeah. so once the festival actually arrives, what is that time like for you? Does it get easier because it's finally here or is uh, the whole way through? Is it all running around and making sure everything yeah. is lined up still? Um, so whether it's Sonoma Harvest Festival or whether it's Bottle Rock, um, it, it's, all on, it's all hands on deck. At Bottle Rock, we'll have 3,500 people working for us. Um, you have, you know, 130,000 plus people coming in. Um, at Sonoma Harvest Festival, you'll have fewer people, but it doesn't um, it doesn't erase the fact that um, safety is our number one goal, um, then experience, um, and so we as a team have to be on point. And so we have a no drinking policy. It, it may sound like, well, of course you do. Well, <laughs> actually not in the music industry. <laughs> it doesn't work that way, right? Yeah. And uh, typically, uh, and, but with us it does. And so we're on point and it, um, we're putting out fires and it's not as romantic as um, people would think. I mean, yeah, do we have the ability to go hang out with the bands? Yeah, but are we? Not really because there might be some trash bins that are full that you know, someone didn't pick up. There might be someone that's fallen and hurt their ankle. We need to get um, some care to that person. Uh, there might be, you know, some security issues we want to talk about and make sure that everyone's safe. So um, we're more focused in those areas um, than we are, um, you know, hanging out with uh, Imagine Dragons. <laughs> <laughs> now, in addition to Snow Harvest Festival, there's also a whole slate of fall shows, yeah. um, whether that's... Uh, Jam Cellars Ballroom. It's a Safeway Open that you're working yeah. with. Uh, how are these shows going to work? What, what do you have? What else do you have planned for fall? Well, we um, we want music to be um, an inherent part of the the Napa Valley culture, um, and so we have been um, working hard at bringing more live music into the community. Um, at any given time, we'll have five or ten shows. Um, on the calendar, um, you know, to give you an example, like right now at, uh, at Jam Cellars, which is just above Blue Note, um, we've got Shovels and Rope, which will also be playing Sonoma Music, Sonoma Harvest Music Festival. We've got First Aid Kit, Matt Kearney, Alan Stone, The Struts, um, Mike Young over at Silos. My, my point being is that it, um, it's really important to us um, to bring as much as we can in terms of live music out there. Um, you know, next month or a week after um, or so, uh, two weeks after uh, the Sonoma Music Harvest Festival, Harvest Festival, we've got the PGA event at Silverado, the Safeway Open, and you know, we there will be, uh, we've got Billy Idol there, Young the Giant, Sammy Hagar, um, 
and uh, and so you know, producing that kind of show um, is exactly what we want uh, for our community. We do the Mondavi concert series at Robert Mondavi Winery. Um, so that's what we're trying to do. Not that we're ever going to become the Nashville, you know, West, so to speak, <laughs> but. Um, Good goal to have, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Now, uh, Jam Sellers has been a great partner for Ball yeah. Rock. I mean, I think from the beginning or close to the beginning, um, they have the main stage at that festival, then the, the ballroom here with new shows. Yeah. Uh, how has that relationship relationship helped grow? What you guys have tried to do, whether it's with the festival or the fall shows or things like that. Oh, it's been instrumental. It is. Um, a partnership made in heaven. Um, I, I don't say that uh, facetiously. Uh, they are our biggest partner. Um, they are our most important partner. Um, and they've been fantastic to work with. We uh, Brand for us is um, about as important as anything. Um, and so um, when we put the name of a, of a sponsor on, on a stage, um, it's not going to be just any name. Um, and in fact, in years past, we have left stages unnamed because we've not had the right, um, we've had opportunities, of course, but we've still chosen not to take the money um, so that we're not compromising the brand. How cool is it that you've got a presenting sponsor that happens to be a wine company that happens to have a name like Jam Sellers um, <laughs> on the main stage? Uh, of Bottle Rock. It, it's, we couldn't ask for a better brand. We couldn't ask for better partners. Um, and uh, I can see this thing happening for not only this next year, but for years to come. Nice. Now, I, it has to be rewarding for you when you have a lineup put together and maybe not necessarily the headliners, but further down, maybe you have some up and coming acts or oh, yeah. sort of ones on the verge to have them play the festival and then maybe months down the road or years down the road see them blow up yeah. is it rewarding to be able to say I sort of we had them when or? It, it is um, um, there's kind of a, a term we use internally here called uh, green bananas and uh, <laughs> and so you you, uh, you you try and find them early and uh, and sometimes uh, they they rocket it's a rocket ship to the top and uh, we're always looking for those kinds of Opportunities, but at the end of the day, um, what we're also trying to do in the lineup is, um, we're we're trying to to hit so many different genres that um, you know, let's say pop's always going to be a little more important than than maybe uh, folk or Americana or something like that or bluegrass, at least in terms of ticket sales on average. Let's just say on average. Of course, we can always find the outlier that you know proves what I just said. To be wrong, but um, we're just not going to book pop entirely. Um, Hip hop is as popular; it's the most popular genre of music um, now. Uh, we book a little bit of it um, by design, and so what we what we stick to is what we think is on brand with the, the Napa Valley, the brand promise of wine country, and. Not just when I say wine country, I'm not just talking Napa Valley. I'm talking Northern California, mm-hmm. and so um, that's where we think you know bands like Shovels and Rope, bands like First Aid Kit, bands like Late Street Dive and, and Avid Brothers. Um, 
you know, not every one of those bands is from Northern California, but when you think about our little, you know, the Sonoma vibe, the Marin vibe, the Napa vibe, like those are bands that it's just, you know, that fits us, right? right? And in our lifestyle and in general. So we try to, we try to go down that path and stay real and authentic to our community and Northern California in general. I think that's one of the strongest parts of the festivals you've been involved with is, you know, any given concert goer, you can go to a festival and there's a whole slate of bands playing. And obviously there's going to be some that you're less familiar with, but you can pretty much go to any stage, even if you, whether you know the artist or not. And it's an enjoy, like you find something that you've never heard of before. And it's amazing. And so glad you're making that observation because it, that we strive for like so hard. So, um, let's see it. When we, you know, as a business, you, um, you want to, you want to make sure that you have enough customers that are, that are younger so that you can have this customer lifetime value thing going on. So you've got a longer, okay, well, but, um, let's, but at the same time, like who doesn't like live music, but as you get older and I'm 46, as I, you know, got into my thirties, I stopped going out as much as I used to, um, in my forties, even less, presumably in my fifties and sixties, even less, <laughs> but, but it doesn't mean that, it, that I don't like it. Right. It just, I don't want to deal with the hassles. And also like, you know, I, I, you get stuck in a rut relative to the music you like. Um, and, and so we understand that. And, and so that, so when we book these lineups, a lot of the, a lot of the time, what we're trying to do is that let's say if someone my age, 46, doesn't know all of these bands, but I, I know that if, let's say one of my friends goes and sits and listens to this band, they're going to be like, they're going to like, it. Oh, and then they may see, you know, a bunch of 25 year olds over there and go that like it. And they're like, Oh, so I'm not as <laughs> uncool as I thought I was, you know? And, and, and that's, that's really what we strive for. It's kind of the, the art of this, uh, um, of, of the booking process. Nice. Now, what do you, what does the future hold for Bottle Rock and Bottle Rock Presents? I mean, what, where do you want to see the growth come from over the next number of years? Well, we can't really grow in terms of uh, the number of people that we, that we sell tickets to. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, our growth has to really um, involve um, experience and growing in that regard. And that may sound strange, but what, what I mean by that is we, we don't want it to be rinse and repeat every year. Um, that's not necessarily the most scalable model to work with, but it, I think it's a sustainable model. Um, and, and so I think the growth, um, you know, Justin and Jason, my two business partners, you know, 24 seven pretty much are thinking about new ways to some sexy, some not to make the, the experience at the festival um, that much better on the on the non-sexy side. How do we decrease lines? Um, how do we provide more shade? Um, how do we make bathrooms cleaner? Um, how do we you know ensure that that trash isn't um, piling up in certain areas? On the the sexy side, how do we get um, even more? Uh, local restaurants in how do we um, ensure that the um, the VIP experience isn't too crowded um, how do we provide better viewing um, you know how do we ex- how do we improve sound throughout the 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 event um, in different places 
Um, so that is where I think you're going to see growth and just in terms of an enhancement of the overall experience at Bottle Rock. Very cool. What, David Graham, CEO at, uh, of Bottle Rock Presents, thank you so much for sitting down. Thanks for taking the time. That was awesome. Uh, thank you very much. Happy to, happy to spend any time with you guys. Very cool. Thank you. Very cool of Dave Graham to take some time and, and sit down and really dig into kind of what goes into creating a music festival and sort of the behind the scenes year round of, you know, what it takes what it takes on his end to actually make that happen. It's, yeah, it's pretty it's, crazy. It's cool to hear him talk about like the insights on, you know, getting the bands booked that everybody loves and just kind of the, the, um, the details along with that and just all the logistics involved. Yeah. It's one of those things that when he says it makes too much sense, but you don't necessarily think of it was having the bands, you know, choose whether they're just going to play their own tour local show or mm-hmm. kind of convincing them saying, you guys really want to come play wine country, right? Mm-hmm. Come play our festival. <laughs> Totally. And um, I mean, speaking of of festivals and, you know, festivals typically are in one location, right? Every year. So Mm -hmm. sometimes people do have to travel for festivals. Right. And uh, some people are willing to travel to go see shows and some others aren't. And one really funny thing that recently happened this month is um, Mike and I. (laughs) So we so I have a bucket list and I think Mike does, too, of particular venues that we want to see a show at preface this with the uh, our, <laughs> our two experiences here are completely independent of each other completely completely independent and uh so essentially one of those venues is red rocks in colorado on our bucket list this year i just decided you know what i am just gonna go do it i'm gonna book my flight um i finagled my friend to go with me and i'm gonna go visit a friend who lives in colorado and i'm like you know what i don't even really care what show i'm gonna see there was one show in particular that i did want to go see but it just didn't fit into my schedule so i decided to go the following week and turns out that guess who's going to the show that i wanted to initially go to mike so my own thinking (laughs) i think hey this is the year I'm going to do this. Yes. Again, the exact same thought, <laughs> not knowing that you had done the same thing. <laughs> Looked at the schedule, uh, tried to figure out, uh, you know, what what the best weekend show was, just to sort of get, you know, just spend a day there. <laughs> and saw the uh, the Rise Against AFI show at Red Rocks. Like, oh, that's the one. That would the, be legit. It's a Saturday. I can make it out there, and. I think it was before we were recording one of these episodes. I think we both came in and we're like, so we're going to be at Red Rocks in September. Like, wait, what? (laughs) Yeah, I know. Right. So, so yeah, turns out Mike is going tomorrow. We're, we're, we're pre-recording this episode. So he's going tomorrow on the the 15th and I'm actually leaving on the 24th and I'm going to go see Beck, um, on the 25th. And then the following night, I'm going to go see Lauren Hill. Nice. The very 20th. eclectic choices. Very. I'm super excited for Beck. Um, I hear that his live performance is unbelievable and awesome. And his music is super fun. So I'm, I'm super stoked to see Beck. <laughs> just one of the, like, just the picturesque venues in yeah. the country. I mean, it's one everyone talks about. You're just like, oh, yeah, I want to get there. Yeah. I heard, uh, I was talking to somebody who lives in Colorado, and they said, just be prepared to hike, so wear comfortable shoes, and it does get cold at night, so bring a jacket. My favorite part, I'm, they have a shuttle that drops you off there that you can go from downtown Denver. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. Ah, mm, amazing. Got to plan ahead. Okay. 
so they sent the instructions and it's in the instructions it where it tells you where it drops you off and it said be warned there's still a 15 minute hike uphill once you get there. Oh, so. Well, I'm ready for that. Cool. Hike. <laughs> so I've been doing my cardio and my sit-ups. Oh, uh, there you go. I, I'm good to go. You kind of got to do that when you go to any kind of rock festival or rock concert. You're going to be on true. your feet jumping up and down, walking through dirt. So, you know, rock fans are fit. Yes. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. Uh, very cool. Well, we'll definitely do a recap episode on that and talk about uh, both of our our Red Rock experiences. Exactly. <laughs> so we'll check back in soon and uh, be, be sure to tune in every Tuesday to Rock and Vino on Spotify. Don't forget to subscribe, of course. Um, you appreciate it. And uh, Stitcher, tune in. Where else? Anywhere. Apple Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts. That's, that's the big oh, one. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Apple, duh. You know that little that little. Business. Or just go to rockandvino.com. Yes. And R-O's. don't forget... Just reiterate one more time, thanks to David Graham. Dave Graham. Dave Graham. For joining us. Sonoma Harvest Music Festival. If you don't have your tickets, it's sold out already. <laughs> Maybe you can try some other ways to get in. Plan but ahead next year. SonomaHarvestMusicFestival.com for more information there. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody.